Welcome to the Calvary Church Podcast. We're glad that you are here and that you can be a part of a recent service at TCC. So let's join the service, which is already underway, and listen to the message. We're going to turn our attention to the Word of the Lord today. And I believe the Lord wants to encourage us today, strengthen us by His Word. And I've got just a simple thought for us today. When I start thinking about our experience with this whole COVID-19, it is a test of our human nature. This whole thing that we're going through, specifically the idea of shelter in place and stay-at-home orders is quite the test for most people. We are now living in a quote-unquote quarantined culture, locked in place, very restricted in what we can do, where we can go. It's a stay-where-you-are kind of message that we hear regularly. And we're noticing that even in our culture, that this idea of shelter in place, stay at home, is creating a bubbling. People uh, are, are starting to push against it a little bit more than they did originally because we don't like that idea of staying where we are. We don't like this idea that we can't move or we can't go anywhere. There's something about human nature that has the desire to move, has a desire to travel, to leave where you are and go somewhere else. There's probably many of you who no longer live in the same town that you grew up in. And probably some of you, like Our family, we had some travel plans over spring break, and we have some travel plans later this summer and into next fall, but we don't know if we're going to be able to do those. But we love the idea of traveling, going someplace. It's viewed as cruel to hold someone in one place, and it feels a little bit cruel when we feel like we're so restricted we can't go anywhere. It's actually a form of torture or punishment. They call it jail for a reason, because they lock you in a place, a certain area. And while we think that it's a great thing to be locked in with our family, I would guess that for some, we've had our own, Kristen and I have had our own challenging moments, because you're locked in with people, and you can't go anywhere. Our girls each day uh, decide how they're going to fight that day. It's a given. It's not a question of whether somebody's going to get mad. It's, it's just who's going to get mad and for what reasons are they going to get mad. And there's something about us that wants to get away, to travel. And I don't know if you've had this experience, but uh, 
two-year-olds and three-year-olds, when you try to restrain them, put them in car seats and those kind of things, it can be a pretty difficult experience. But this stay-at-home experience is testing the fiber of our lives, everything about it. Wars have been waged over the ability to travel. Walls have been built to keep people from traveling. Our own country's founding principles say that this liberty is our basic rights as humans. And I would say that I agree that it is a right and it comes from the nature of God. Yet here you are sitting in your homes, restricted, not able to even come to church. And we are not just physically isolated and quarantined, but I would have us consider today that it is possible that during this time, if we are not careful, that our faith could be quarantined and our faith could be sheltered in place. So I offer this thought, quarantined faith. Quick scan through Scripture gives us pictures of men and women who needed to leave from one place and go to the next. It was Abram who would be called from his father's house. We find this passage in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. It says, The Lord said to Abram, Get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. And I will make you a great nation. I will bless you, and I will, uh, uh, and you will be a Blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you, and in all the families of the earth shall be blessed, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Here God calls Abram to go from one place to the next. He, he's not to remain in one place, but his faith is to move him, and it was faith that moved him from out of his own country to another place. Place. We would find Moses, who God uses to bring the children of Israel out of Egypt. In chapter 3 of Exodus, verse 7, says, The Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. So I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up from the land to a good and large land to a land flowing with milk and honey. I'm going to take you from one place to the next, and it's not just going to be a physical movement, but your faith is going to move you. It would be Joshua after the death of Moses who would help the children of Israel go from the wilderness and wandering in the wilderness to being and entering into the promised land. Joshua chapter 1 verse 1 says, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people to the land which I am giving them, the children of Israel." Every place that the sole of your foot will tread, 
upon I have given you as I said to Moses. And so Joshua is going to move the children of Israel out of this kind of wilderness experience into the promised land. And he's going to do it not just physically, but by faith, they're going to walk into this land. And here's what I want you to understand today, that faith is meant to be on the move. Faith is never meant to just be some static you know, uh, stay-at-home kind of experience. Faith is meant to be on the move. And I challenge you today that if your spiritual life is stagnant, if your spiritual life is, is just in a state of, of, of complacency or in the state of going nowhere, I encourage you today to find yourself a prayer closet. Find yourself a time to talk to the Lord and get your faith on the move. Your faith was never meant to be quarantined. It was never meant to be uh, uh, sedentary or stationary. It was meant to be on the move. Just as Abram came out of a country that had foreign gods and God moved him and God led him, we're to be moved. And, And Moses brought the children of Israel out of Egypt, that place of bondage. Your faith should be moving you. Ultimately, Joshua would bring them into a place that was flowing with milk and honey, a promised land. And so our faith is meant to move us to the places that God intends for us. We see Jesus Christ in his lifetime was on the move. He traveled in his three and a half years of ministry. He traveled, some believe, over 3,000 miles, city to city, place to place. Jesus never set up a camp or a compound, and he, he, he never set up a place and said, I want you to come to me. No, he was constantly moving. He would even say that he had no place to lay his head. And when you see that final week of his life, that road to Calvary where he came into the city on a donkey and he he went and he had the Passover meal with his disciples and then he was led out into the garden and he prayed and then from there he was led to Pilate's house and then from there to the cross and ultimately the tomb. But after he resurrected, he didn't just stop there or set up some monument. No, he, he continued to move and he continued to meet with his disciples for 40 days. And we come to this very important, I would, th- I would say, the hinge of the New Testament in Luke chapter 24. It said that he came to his disciples and he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. And he said to them, thus it is written and thus it was necessary for Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day. And why would Christ go through that? That repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And he said, and you are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise of my father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you're endued with power from on high. He says that I'm wanting you to experience this spirit, this promise of the father in Jerusalem. But he then led them out to this city 
called Bethany. And it says he lifted up his hands, he blessed them, and it came to pass while he blessed them that he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. And they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. Now, that seems like a, a simple thing to do, but, but how many of us, if we would have watched Jesus ascend into heaven, we would have created a monument. We would have probably built a compound and said, this is the place that Jesus ascended. This is the place that I need to stay. But Jesus told them, don't stay here. I want you to go to Jerusalem. And it's in Jerusalem that you are going to experience the promise of the Father. And again, I come to this place in our message today that if you have not experienced the power of repentance, you have not repented of your sins, if you have not had your sins washed away or forgiven through baptism in the name of Jesus, or you have not experienced the infilling of the Holy Spirit, this promise of the Father, I encourage you today to move towards that. Don't settle for just one or two experiences with God. God has great things for you. But here we come to this place where they're in Jerusalem, but Jesus told them, I don't want you to experience the promise of the Father and then stay there. But he, he tells them, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until, until you are endued with power from on high. That was a signal to them. That was a statement to them that they were not just to set up camp in Jerusalem, but they were meant to move the gospel. They were to receive that spirit, but then they were to go other places. And so Jesus tells them that they, that you can't stay here in Bethany. You can't just camp out where I ascended and you can't just camp out where you've received the baptism of the spirit, but your faith should be moving you. Your faith should be leading you. And so I, I, I think about this for us today. I think about this experience for us today. Those of us who are kind of sheltered in place, those of us who are kind of stuck in one place, we're told to stay home. We can't really go anywhere but maybe work and then come home go to a few stores, and then come home. I encourage you today, I implore you today to not let your faith be quarantined. Don't let what God is doing to you be limited or stagnant or stale and just be uh, uh, kind of sheltered in place. John would, the book of John tells us in John 3, 8, Jesus said, the wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from or where it goes, so is everyone that is born of the Spirit. The Spirit is working in this world right now. If we think that God is quarantined, if we think God is sheltered in place, we are very wrong. God is moving. His Spirit is moving, and therefore, our faith has to be on the move. I can tell you, God doesn't want us to stay where we are spiritually, but he is moving us. So I simply tell us today, don't let your faith remain locked up. Don't let your faith be idle. 
Don't let your faith be at a stand still. But I encourage you to allow your faith to have wings and to travel and to do great things. Your faith, I believe, can travel. Your spiritual life can move. It can do great things. It would be Paul who was stuck in a prison, yet he impacted his world. His faith was on the move. It would be John who was on an island, yet his words impacted the world. Yeah, things are a little bit different right now, and and, and things seem to be really restricted, but I'm telling you, your faith doesn't have to be restricted. And specifically, I would say, as I come to a close today, that your prayer life can travel anywhere in the world. Prayer travels at the speed of light, at your word, that That prayer that you pray, as soon as you pray it, it can travel the world. It was the centurion who came to Jesus and asked him to heal his paralyzed servant. And Jesus said, I will will come and heal him. But the military leader said, no, just speak the word. Just speak the word because your word will travel. And here's what I want to leave you with today. Your word is not bound. God's word is not bound. Paul would say in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 8, Remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel, for which I suffered trouble as an evildoer, even to the point of chains. Paul was saying, remember Jesus Christ. Even though I'm suffering, even though I'm dealing with things, remember Jesus Christ. And I'm at the point of chains. I am bound. I am restricted. I am quarantined. I'm sheltered in place. But he said, but the word of God is not changed. It's not chained. It's not chained at all. It's not restricted. It's not bound. It's not sheltered. In place. While the enemy may want to use this to bind our faith or keep us locked in, God is saying today, My word is not bound, my word is not chained. And Paul would request prayer. And he would say in Ephesians chapter 6 17, Take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always. With all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And for me, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Again, Paul comes back to this idea that, you know what, I'm in chains. I'm restricted. Physically, I can't go a lot of places. But here's what's not restricted, the word of God. And so he says to them, pray. Pray always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication. And he says, pray for me Pray for me, Paul, that I may speak God's truth, the mystery 
of the gospel. I tell you today, there's a lot you can do even though you feel restricted. There's a lot you can do in the spirit even though you feel sheltered at home. Your prayers have never been more powerful. Your worship has never been more meaningful. And I believe that God is working all around us. His spirit is moving. His spirit is not restrained in any way. Your encouragement to your brothers and sisters. We tell you to text somebody, tell them you're thinking about them, but I'm telling you that that goes a long way. You have opportunity to witness to people you're working with, your neighbors, your family. Have opportunity to do a lot of things in the spirit. Don't let your faith be quarantined. Don't let your walk with God be sheltered in place. So I come to my conclusion today. And I prayed today specifically that God would just reignite a fire. We're all kind of done with being quarantined. We're all kind of done with this shelter in place. We don't know how many more weeks it's going to be, and we don't know what life's going to be after they start releasing us to gather together again. But here's what I don't believe God wants. That's for our faith to be restricted. So I'm praying for fresh fire. I'm praying that God would stir up the gift that's within us. So I want to pray for you today. Lord, I come to this moment in our service, Lord, thanking you for your faithfulness and your kindness to us, your long-suffering, your mercy. God, as we know, we all know as saints of God that you are not surprised by this. You're not overwhelmed by it. Your spirit, God, is not restricted by it. And I pray you would help us God, as Christians, as those who have surrendered our hearts to God, to not, God, shelter in place your purpose and your plan. But just as you brought Abram out of his country, just as you brought Moses out of Egypt, just as you brought Joshua out of the wilderness, wilderness, I pray, oh God, that you would move us. Let faith move us. Let faith do something in us that it we couldn't do without it. Lord, I, I pray for conversations to arise. I pray, God, for our neighbors. I pray, God, for our family, our children. Lord, I pray that somehow faith would be on the move. God, I pray for liberty in the Holy Ghost. I pray for revelation. I pray for understanding. I pray for a confidence in you that we have yet to experience. Lord, we are leaning on you. We are resting on you. And the wind blows where it goes and wants to go, but your spirit goes. God, in so many directions, so many places. And Lord, I'm praying for that today. I'm praying for that for every believer. And I pray for those who have yet to experience the promise of the Father. I pray they would experience that today. I pray if somebody has yet to surrender their life to your name in baptism, I pray they would do that today. I pray somebody would bow their knee to acknowledge you as their Lord and Savior. God, this is the day that you have made. 
Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for what you're doing among us. God, put a fire in our heart that can't be quenched. In Jesus' name. This podcast was brought to you by the Calvary Church in Cincinnati, Ohio. For more information about the Calvary Church, please visit our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Consider joining us for a service where you will find friendly people, high-energy music, and life-transforming preaching and teaching from a biblical worldview. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or on our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.